Hi, welcome to Beyond the Sounds songwriter series. I am here today with the lovely Hilary Reynolds, uh, all the way from LA. Thank you very much for being here. Welcome. How are you? Thanks for having me. Um, I'm doing well, all things considered. Oh my gosh, if you can hear like a motor, it's it's noon here. It's like yeah. afternoon, and everybody in LA is just doing all of their yard work all nice. the time. So. <laughs> Well, I mean, what else is there to do, really? It's the perfect time. Yeah, especially like right now. There's like a leaf blower going right. It's all right. We can. We'll yeah, we might be <laughs> <laughs> um, So we have so much to talk about. <laughs> yes. That's okay. No worries. We, you know, we've got to work with these things. <laughs> Um, so, so much to talk about. You've been, you've been doing music for a long time and uh, there is just so much that you've done and that you're doing, um, which is great. So we literally, I want to start like right at the beginning, like growing up. Okay. Am I right in saying you come from a pretty musical family? Uh, what, was, what was it like growing up in your household? I, I mean, it was probably very chaotic. Um, I was kind of like that of that Disney princess generation where it was like you know back-to-back blockbuster releases of like Aladdin and Beauty and the Beast and uh, Pocahontas and just like all these and Little Mermaid of course but I have vivid memories of just running in circles around my parents house with a blue book like Belle and just like literally constantly singing um yeah and then my parents were kind enough to sort of recognize that I just was obsessed with music and they got me a piano um and it, I still actually it's the, I have the piano out here in our in my music room right now but wow. like I started taking piano lessons and really just fell in love with classical music and did a lot of like just piano competitions, local competitions and stuff. And I think I, I did like a concerto competition and it was, it was just really like, it's such a different world than the world I'm living in right now. But I grew up just with a fierce sort of dedication to, to learning. And I think from there I joined choirs and um, I joined orchestras, so it's just kind of a mixed bag of music, really. And then my family, of course, just being incredibly musical, only added to that. So <laughs> <laughs> only, only added to that. I actually remember I have like memories of falling asleep in my dad's like velvet-lined acoustic guitar case. <laughs> and I just like <laughs> I would just sit in there and then fall asleep as the band would be playing. So, I mean, it was just around me all the time. Yeah, it sounds very comforting. I'd quite like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Were your family, did they listen to a lot of classical music? What kind of music was kind of on oh, in the house? Or? Oh my gosh, in the house, it was like, I mean, it was, it was again, just a total mixed bag. A lot of Beatles, a lot of Beach Boys, a lot of, um, Chicago and Led Zeppelin, Diana Ross, The Supremes, 
Marvin Gaye. Um, it was just, it was like Motown. It was Simon and Garfunkel. It was like very white randomly. I don't know. It was such a weird <laughs> mixed bag of things, but really fun and eclectic and, and really like Carol King too, just like the sixties, mm-hmm. seventies, and then eighties. I think my mom was like really obsessed with the Pointer Sisters as well. So it was just like a really eclectic bag of stuff. And then I myself in the nineties became then like obscurely obsessed with Leanne Rhymes and country music. So it was just like I don't know. It was all. It was just all over the place. And then my grandfather on my dad's side. He actually sang a lot of like Frank Sinatra and did a lot of Frank Sinatra impersonations also um, at like just, and he actually had like an agent and did gigs like all over the oh, world. Oh, wow. I know. It was, it's crazy. That was like his retirement. It was amazing. <laughs> and so I thought like I, he tuck us into bed, me and my cousins like tuck us into bed um, singing the way you look tonight. And it was just like every, every gathering really was an opportunity for a concert so (laughs) yeah (laughs) and then I kind of found songwriting I found songwriting because my I have an aunt a very very um my one of my closest friends actually she's a songwriter as well and um I just really really like admired her and looked up to her for so much and I think it was when my parents were getting divorced, she was just like, you know, you could write songs. And I remember her giving me a journal for my birthday or something. And, and it just kind of like cracked a seed and started doing it. So amazing. Do you, um, do you remember the first song you ever wrote? I do. <laughs> <laughs> how, how, how bad was it? <laughs> it was called The Man on the Moon. I remember, like, it was like, the man on the moon smiling at me, clearest smile I ever did see, and his eyes were clear as the stars. The man on the moon, something that, 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 but he's really miles beyond the sea. Oh, the man on the moon. <laughs> I love that you remember. That was so good. How old were you when you oh. wrote that, do you think? <laughs> I was... I remember I was on the playground in elementary school, but I can't, I I knew how, I knew how to write. So it had to have been like, maybe like, I don't know, post second grade, at least, you know, uh, maybe third or fourth. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that's not bad going though for being that young, (laughs) like even to be able to rhyme at that age is, is impressive. (laughs) I think yeah i think it was really i was so i was such a strange kid though i mean like i was by my i remember sit like i would sit by myself um on the side of the school on the pavement with my notebook and just like nobody would be around me (laughs) so like i wasn't necessarily cool by any means well it's paid off now though so there we go it's is there a is there a time like obviously you look back and you think oh it's a weird weird but is there a time that you kind of realized on how much you loved it and if that you wanted to kind of that was what you wanted to do when you you grew up or did you have kind of completely different plans I don't know I mean I, I think I, I always knew I wanted to exist in the world of music to some degree mm-hmm. um I 
had auditions for like conservatories and um, more of the classical music route of things as a college, a path for college and university. But um, I, f I feel like really what opened my eyes to the path of songwriting being a potential was going to a John Mayer concert <laughs> when I was like, I think a freshman in high school. And he mentioned that he had written a song, the song Victoria at Berkeley. And it was the first time I had ever heard of that. And I was, you know, just this little girl from Wisconsin, middle of nowhere. And so to hear that there was a school that existed with a degree in songwriting was very illuminating. And I just started to kind of dig into it and see if it was something that I could really get into. Because um, up until that point, even up until senior year of high school, I was in private lessons for piano and viola and voice at this conservatory anyway. Mm -hmm. So I just thought, I just, it was kind of like, I could continue down a path I already was familiar with, or I could dive into something completely different and kind of risk, you know, play a little more of a risk game. I'm glad I did it. I really enjoy it. I decided to just audition for Berkeley and I got a scholarship and I decided to just try it. So, yeah. And it obviously... <laughs> yeah and it obviously like worked out because that is am I right in saying that's kind of where you you know you formed your band and you made the connections that you kind of have in your career today <laughs> is that am I right in saying that that all these kind of people that are a part of your life now and such a huge part of your life I would assume came from there yeah. is that yeah definitely and it was, I think what was so unique about that experience was that every, every person who was there was like, a, I would say a bigger fish from a smaller pond. Yeah. And so to just have that, have all those people just like in one space and growing together and being humbled together <laughs> and, you know, uh, finding a way to like navigate this crazy industry. Um, yeah, it bonds you in a way that's really unique, I think, has potential to, so, or not, you know, some people, <laughs> it wasn't for them and they left, so. Yeah, so um, the Hillary Reynolds Band was formed, um, yeah. which you have kind of, it's no longer the Hillary Reynolds Band, now called Parado, which we'll talk about um, the changes and everything, but how how did that come about? Who's Who kind of planted the seed for that to kind of, for you guys to come together and say, right, let's actually do this. Let's write the music. Let's go out and, and play it and record it. Uh, I think it kind of, it emerged, um, it emerged just through actually just like throwing ideas at a wall and writing, writing songs with um, this, my bandmate, who's still my bandmate, Trevor, Trevor Jarvis. And we, I don't know, we just wrote a couple songs and entered them in a few competitions and then they were selected as finalists, finalists or winners and we decided, okay, maybe this is something. Um, admittedly, I think Hillary Reynolds Band was something that was just the easiest thing to call it. 
and uh, <laughs> and a lot of the all the songs kind of came from me to a certain extent, and then it was like a collaboration with me always at the center of it. Um, but yeah, I think it just happened pretty seamlessly over time, and I think as we sort of started to grow and it started, it all of a sudden became like this five piece band and we were touring all over the place. Um, it was definitely like a grassroots sort of movement from start to finish. It was really, it was a fun time. <laughs> yeah. And did it feel like, did you feel like you got quite lucky quite quickly with it, with being able to go out on the road and record this music or did you feel like it was a real kind of, you a struggle almost or like how did it kind of happen for you was there anyone in particular who kind of led the way for you or honestly it was like it was just really um grinding it out and I think you know we made lemonade out of all of our lemons that as much as we could and I think um I think also we were just so young and eager and I think there was such a willingness to just like totally grind it out and drive like eight, nine hours, eight, nine hours a day sometimes and just like physically be able to put up with that and play a show that same night. And, um, and I think that there was like this tolerance of just being able to totally sleep on the floor <laughs> with like, <laughs> you know, uh, maybe a blanket or stay in a really bad hotel or motel even um which there are plenty of stories regarding that um <laughs> real gems but i think then there were some i think really magical moments too but it all came from just like doing the work yeah yeah just doing the work and did you find, obviously, from going to kind of writing these songs with just Trevor and yourself mainly, and then having, as you said, like going from just the two of you to a five-piece band, did you feel like you had to adjust majorly? Or did it come quite naturally with, with the flow of the music and things? Well, I think so. It was Trevor and I at first, and then this other, this guitarist, his name's Ben, ben Kopf, and so then it was the three of us. Um, and in that, I think we just sort of really became this writing trio. And then we added a percussionist and the bass player was the last component. Um, and we kind of like worked our way up to having a five piece road band. Um, and it was like, at first it was driving this Jetta across the country, which was, it was just like, a really old car and not safe probably but um we kind of graduated over time i had this chevy traverse and we had a trailer and um and it ended up being something that was like okay cool you can see the progress being made and and um all of us sort of like having our roles in managing all the tasks and stuff and everybody just really put in the work and it was it was such a cool I've never been more proud of a time in my life than just like total DIY like make it happen make the magic happen because nobody's gonna do it for you you know yeah definitely and so you had like you released quite a few albums and you had 
pretty good success with the band. What kind of changed in in the fact that kind of made you go from from the Hillary Reynolds band into Parado, which which you are now? Was there a major moment, or did it again? Did it kind of progress naturally? Was it just something that needed to be done? It was something that I could see coming. I think I grew like more con like I I know contemplative about just the origins of the songs and how it wasn't just me singing them and it was really more of a, a duet a face of a duet and that I didn't feel like it was accurately depicting the sound anymore and because the sound was evolving and changing and I think that that's totally natural um and I think people you know were weaving in and out of the group and the core as it was and is still is just me and Trevor and um and I just wanted to do something that really I wanted to it wasn't a decision that I took lightly but it was something that I knew needed to happen and I really wanted the sound to reflect the name and the name to reflect the sound and Perido sort of really encompasses real like where I think the sound is now um and yeah that's pretty that's pretty much it <laughs> yeah if you um because in listening to the music, you you hear so many kind of genres and and influences and stylizings of the music, which is so great. But if you had to, I'm probably going to challenge you here. If you had to describe it, how would you describe it? Because it's such a it's so unique, and I, I on listening to it, every song is different, and you could you could listen to one song and say this is a folk song, the other could be a pop song or country, and it just it really does go from everything, which I think is so great if you had to kind of hit the nail on the head and say this is this is the kind of music we we record what would you say okay well first i would i would say that if you just like extracted the sounds as a whole i think you can just tell that it's a songwriter writing all the songs so i think that there is just like at the heart of it the arrangements are what they are, but the like the core pieces of the songs are just like definitely driven by song singer songwriter. Uh, but I think I think I've settled. I feel like I've I've found a coziness in the Americana folk world, and I really think that that's what was really amazing about having a couple of records to just like explore all the palettes, except for like R&B and more urban stuff, which let's just spare everyone. But um, <laughs> no, that would not work. But I think, I think that there is just this, like I was given such a gift to explore like all these different sounds and really find where, where, fits, where it fits for my voice. And as a songwriter, I can still access maybe more edgy, maybe more country, maybe like, maybe more, I don't know, piano, piano, like pop ballads or pop music in general. But I think I've kind of come home to where I feel most compelled to tell a story is within the Americana folk realm. And I think my voice can just be its most honest self in that genre, so. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's so, it's so hard though nowadays as well to kind of, confine a, a song or an artist to a genre because 
there are it's so wide now you know it, yeah. i mean see particularly like country for example you see so many debates what is country nowadays and <laughs> i'm i'm so with you on the fact like obviously we'll talk about you've written for a country album and you're you know as you say classed as americana but it goes both ways and it again and probably as you say with you know excluding the r&b side of things it really does everything kind of just merges and i think that's that's what makes it so great though um so and i i honestly listened to the song thank you by dido and then i realized oh my gosh then eminem took yeah that took like you know that verse that first verse and then imposed it and like did you know it's just and that was what over 10 years ago yeah so it's it's always been happening it's just that like you know people and songs find each other and it, it's it doesn't necessarily need to stay in one lane it can really be a really cool thing when things come together yeah completely and i think you know that's where the best songs come from is is the the you know, collaborations and the mixes um of it all uh so you're you're in LA now right how long have you been in LA for because initially when you started up you weren't there were you when you kind of were starting off the band so how long how long have you been there for now I've been here for three years over three years um I really like it and it's so funny because growing up I think I was just I think the Midwest has a very interesting view on LA like west coast versus east coast mm -hmm. um, because I, I, my whole life, I was like, oh, LA is a terrible city and da, 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 and I'll never live there. <laughs> like, I have no idea where that came from, to be <laughs> honest. And then, uh, and then I came out here, we did a tour actually, um, a few years ago. And I, it was the first time I really explored the city somewhat um, and played shows and stuff. And I just remember being like, what? I love it here. Like, this is, great <laughs> and I love it I love it so much more um than the east coast really I think I think it just suits my my personality a little more I'm just I'm not as edgy and cutthroat uh, as like the the east coast temperament can be so yeah it's yeah it's good I really like it <laughs> yeah and was it was it a band decision to to kind of put roots down there or a personal one who kind of led you to do it I think it was actually a collective it was like a collective decision arriving we all kind of arrived to our own individual decisions but as a collective felt like it was the right move um it was something we were debating I was debating for a long time and knew that it was time to move I knew that boss I was ready to leave Boston um and yeah I think it just kind of it happened seemingly now looking back on it pretty fast as soon as we came out here and did a tour it was kind of set like it was like mm -hmm. us testing the waters and then all of a sudden it was like we couldn't stop thinking about it and then our my guitar player Martin um actually I think it was Trevor Trevor moved out first and then a few months later was Martin and then a few months later it was me and so it was like this really cool integrated move where everybody arrived at different points and you know but we all sort of found each other again yeah good did you did you feel a big change because I, obviously there is 
as you've said like the difference between the east coast and the west coast anyway but kind of musically did you see did you feel a change did it change either when you were playing shows or writing or was there anything that kind of flipped almost I think really what flipped I mean it's a huge culture shift in general as you said um but between Boston and LA uh my husband and I, we moved back to Wisconsin for a few months and I organized this, um, this symphony. We had like a few so of our songs arranged for a symphony. Yeah. And I was kind of like in Wisconsin making sure all that was buttoned up properly because it's just a huge undertaking. And, um, and so we were kind of living in a cabin and working on charts and making sure it all came together. And then the guys flew in from California to my hometown and we did the whole symphony concert. And then I moved out to LA and I think it was even more of a shift because I had spent like, I wanna say five months back in Wisconsin and it's just real slow there. <laughs> uh, in a really good way, in a very like homey woodsy way. Mm -hmm. Um, but when we moved out to LA, first of all, it was like raining so much and we were completely shocked by that. And it took a while to just sort of make it feel like home because we literally moved, like I had my cat and we had like two suitcases and then all of our stuff was in a pod that was being shipped, shipped across the country. And we flew, we flew to LA and landed in the rain and, and it was like and Trevor picked us up at the airport and we literally had to drive to like a Target to get like, toilet paper and drop off the cat and get a litter box like it was like we literally moved with nothing um and so it took a while to just even adjust to that but then I you know I started to find my footing and teach I taught a lot of voice lessons and piano lessons and then you know really just started to like understand how you know songwriter community is formed here and um just I felt like I could reconnect with a lot of old Berkeley friends uh who live out in the city and yeah it was just like I don't know it was kind of a huge leap of faith to be honest at first but it ended up working out <laughs> Yeah, and I, I it's a, obviously LA has a huge music scene, and obviously what we were just talking about with different genres. Literally, if you're going to find a million different genres, LA is is where you go. Um, is there is there like a venue or a show that you played that that really sticks out to you? Because obviously there's so many great venues and historical places that you can play in LA. Is there is there anywhere you've played and been like? yeah this is kind of just confirmed it all for you that that was where you were meant to be i think it was definitely i mean it's a it's a venue in hollywood um it's called hotel cafe and it's just like kind of this i would say flagship singer songwriter uh, um, venue but also a very like you know the songwriting community really hangs out there mm -hmm. um and there's it's really, really cool. And I feel very, very fortunate to have like, 
kind of been tapped into that right from the get-go um and so so many of my very very dear friends are of that community and I remember just like playing you know when you I think when you just play to a full room anywhere there's something really special about it but there's something there was something really significant about like I don't know feeling like okay yeah we made the right decision you know um this is a good place this is a good place to be yeah definitely um one thing I I was wondering because obviously I talked to a lot of kind of natural songwriters and that and they always say that as much as there's competition there it kind of all more so feels like a community would you say it's the same in LA or would you say that there is there is competition there is kind of that everyone obviously has the same drive and the same goal a lot of the time or do you feel like it is really just just a community of people you know helping each other and and supporting each other I think it's I think competition is so healthy but I think I think really um people also know where they're playing and they know how to stay in their lane and they also know um I don't know they know how to just also be friends and it's like all about the hang and it's a lot of us like songwriters we work with our friends and so (laughs) um because that's usually how the best my best work comes out is just from feeling like I can truly be myself and I think with this quarantine (laughs) craziness it's been I think it's been kind of game-changing in how people are just like very stripped back and really having to get creative with their setup, their home rigs and um, how, and like looking how to still stay in touch with one another and feel connected and write songs. I mean, it's, I think everybody's just kind of at this point where we've surrendered to the new, the new way of, of being and a lot of it's over Zoom and FaceTime. So yeah. that's just not gonna change. <laughs> no, not anytime soon. <laughs> Um, I, I love it though, like as I was saying to you kind of before, I think it's such a great time and obviously we would like to go back to normality, but finding these ways around things and and discovering new things. And for me, I've I found I've just constantly had music on, which I do anyway, but instead of listening to the same artists that I've listened to for years, I'm finding new people and new songs and I think times like this it's such a great time to do that um have you found obviously are you still writing a lot do you think like are you writing more or less because I suppose are you lacking inspiration (laughs) um not being able to go out what how how is it like from a a writer's perspective like do you have writer's block or are you you kind of just dealing with it I guess I'm just I feel like I've had to come to sort of trust my own tendencies and I'm a very like cyclical creature when it comes to I'll just have like maybe a month of crazy productivity and I've got like maybe like 10 things in the pipeline and I'm just like all over the place um but then I'll have like a in quarantine I guess it's just like then I'm like oh there's like a period of two weeks where I just am like everything shut off like the 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 creative spout is just off and I'm learning to trust that that's okay because 
I think that there's a lot to process in this time too. And I think that it's just when I feel that like, oh, it's maybe a sense of overwhelm and maybe there's something to address. And I'm just learning to trust that that's like all okay. And that in the times when it's like kind of dead in the water, it's, it's okay to just like go in inward and kind of maybe just phone a friend and have a, a deeper conversation and not just be so focused on chasing the song. Yeah, definitely. Um, so you're talking of, of writing and new music. Um, so you guys last released uh, Fleeting, which was your single last year. Is there is there new music in the pipeline? Is there, can you tell us anything? <laughs> well, I do have, I mean, we have some songs that have like, I guess, been, um, they were put on the back burner for a while, but we've been digging back into them. We have this, like a few songs. We did like a another symphony concert last year, but it was a recording concert. So we did everything oh. live and it was recorded. And I just actually yesterday got back a mix of that, one of the songs. And it's, I don't know, I'm kind of like debating, going back and forth, uh, if it's the right time to release anything mm -hmm. uh, of that nature yet just because I don't want to rush anything and I don't want to mm -hmm. just put something out to put it out but I do have a song that I've worked that came to me I think day two of quarantine and it, I'm gonna actually put it out myself and um and it's gonna feature just a video as well it's gonna be kind of like an in tandem thing it's called it's called what faith is and it's, it's something that I just really feel like is medicine for me. And it's like, oh, well, maybe this could be helpful for others too. Um, just in, with everything that's so feeling so uncertain and um, everybody's sort of grabbing at straws at this point and everybody wants things to open up, but then everybody's seeing that doing that maybe isn't the best thing. And so... Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's, it's just hard. And I wanted to create something that would maybe bring a little bit of, you know, not joy, but just maybe a little bit of peace and, you know, like yeah. everything. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, I think you should release it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm not going to tell you not to. <laughs> um, I'll play for you. How's that? I'll play that yeah. for you. Yeah. Yes. Shall we? Do you want to have a, a, a play it now and then we can go back to some questions? Sure. Suits you? Yeah. Awesome. Right. Yeah. I'll pop you. Um, it's a nice. Let's see how it works. Okay. It's also overwhelming 
darkness Cause there's no end in sight Then maybe a prayer slips out Maybe your name falls out of my mouth And there's no other way to face it Oh, I guess this is what faith is Always one to worry, feel fear closing in. When it feels like I'm drowning, I swear I'm doing the best I can. This is also great thank you so much that was lovely and I it's very relatable I, I see where you're coming from hopefully that definitely I think a lot of people will will find some peace as you said from that um so thank you so much do we know um when it will be available or is it all <laughs> it's well I'm the video is being worked on right now and it's it's basically a front line workers video and cool. it's um a lot of footage from all over the country really that um that's been collected on behalf of friends and family and other people who just want to share their story um and mask makers like people who are at home making masks and it's it's kind of a beautiful thing and it's it's people lighting candles for um grocery store workers and I mean everybody's got their own little way of adding a little bit of hope and yeah it it'll I'll I'll let you know when it's ready it's not ready yet though. <laughs> no I think it's a great idea and I, as I said I think it's, it's what we all need um 
and to have a video that that's kind of as poignant as that is, is a great idea so i'm sure a lot of people will be with me by saying thank you for for singing it <laughs> sing it um we are we're coming to the end end of the interview but we i cannot let you go without talking about something that pretty cool happened earlier in the year yeah. but from my understanding it actually happened a few years ago so yes. um Little Big Town's ninth studio album came out uh, in January. The opening track you got to co-write, um, which is called Next To You. It is, if you haven't heard it, it's one of the best tracks on the album. Um, I know from every kind of review, fan rating, so many people have said that. Um, it's the opening song of their, their tour that was, <laughs> and hopefully to come. Um, Tell me the story. I, I want to, well, I, I could talk about the song all day, but we don't have all day. So it's my understanding that it kind of was written a few years ago. Is that right? Yeah, it was. It was, um, it was just written with Mike Algedef, uh or Mike, Michael Jade, he goes by, I guess. Sorry, Mike. Um, Mike, Mike Jade, and then Trevor Jarvis again. We all went to Berkeley together and I think when Trevor and I moved out here we were just trying to find our footing and like I said we were reconnecting with old friends and people who've made LA their home and I think we just like met at a diner and had breakfast and he just invited us to come over and we wrote a song that was that song and um and I think what's really, I think this, the whole story of that song is magical because we really just wrote it, you know, out of the joy of each other's company. And, um, and I think that's really rare to be able to write something like that with some of your best friends and have it do what it's doing. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And how did it find its way to Little Big Town? It was kind of a... Again, I guess just like a very uh, magical thing, but we wrote it and then Mike, I think, sent it to his team and his team uh, just directly sent it to the band and the band was like, yep, that's ours. <laughs> and, and then it was kind of just in their possession for a couple of years and we didn't, we had like, you know, not really any, um, any, any clue really what was going on. And, <laughs> and so we just kind of kept in the dark. And then all of a sudden, a, a couple of years later, we're just like, it was like, oh, here it is. And here, here's a whole record that, you know, kind of also came along with that. So it's crazy. It's kind of Yeah. Crazy. And it, it's strange. I mean, when I first heard the song, you would think not only does it sound so perfect, for them and their voices and their but also the entire record it just it fitted so perfectly it was as if it was written for them and um, so i just found the whole like the fact that it was just kind of yeah you know casually wrote it and then it kind of i don't know obviously from their perspective how it how it formed the record but it almost did seem like it kind of was like the the base of it does that hearing it and, and hearing like the rest of the record how is it for you like as a songwriter to, to see how it's kind of gone from 
like paper to some of the biggest stages in the world with them. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think I'm <laughs> going to be thinking about that for a while. I mean, it's kind of amazing, right? And we were really, really fortunate um, back in, I forget when the Grammys were. I think they were in February. February. Yeah, beginning of Feb. Yeah. Feb. <laughs> what is time these days? Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> In the beginning of February, they were here for the Grammys, but they also did like this Live Nation, um, or no, iHeartRadio, mm-hmm. it was an iHeartRadio um, event, and we got to go to the event, because it was our, we hadn't met them, and yeah. on the record, I think we might be like the only, we were like the only writers that they hadn't known or met, so it was kind of like, this crazy buildup of yeah. like, oh my gosh. And yes, yeah, so we got to like briefly meet them and and they were just, this, they're the sweetest people. They're just like incredible human beings. I don't know mm-hmm. what else to say about them. Yeah. I just, I felt like we were just saying hi to old friends. And, um, and I think that when, I think one of um, like a pinch me moment was really on stage, um, when they introduced the, that song in particular, they like, ca- they called out to us and the whole room kind of looked at us and it was like, it was it was kind of just one of those moments where I kind of like slapped Trevor next to me like, oh my God, what is going on right now? And, mm-hmm. um, and then again, and then hearing it actually live, mm-hmm. I think I, that's when it kind of all hit that it was all real. Um, yeah because it just felt like I mean as hard as it is to like go through the journey of uh, creating a song and having it get to an artist and then having that artist actually make it their own Mm -hmm. like being on this on the other end of it is just kind of like incredible because I now see that it was always their song yeah and it's um I can't imagine I mean hearing it live must have been so amazing because even I mean they performed it on one uh the late show with with Seth Meyers but they also did it for the the I don't know if you saw it the ACMs at home and for them literally to be four people in separate almost obviously Karen Jimmy in the same house but separate houses and for it to still have such an effect you must be kind of like still like a pinch me because the song is just it's such a you're still so right with the word it's such a magical song and that's why I kind of say how it how it links so well with Nightfall with the entire record um did it did you when you first wrote it did you kind of think yeah this is gonna sound amazing and did you picture how it could sound or was it just another song It was definitely another song for me, but it was like, it was one that obviously I really liked, um, but it was, it was such a, a crafted magical like moment where, like I said, we were just three friends getting together to write a song. And I brought like, I have a vivid memory of like sitting with like a little flask of whiskey (laughs) and 
I was wearing a t-shirt that is so lame. It was just like, <laughs> and I just said, like, music is my only friend. <laughs> I just remember, like, I need that. That's where that song was born. So. <laughs> Amazing. Well, it's come a long way, but a good way. Um, it, it's, as I said, it's such an incredible song and, I think it's it's testament that it opens the record, but it also opens the tour um, yeah. on the kind of the dates. That they, I know they, from watching kind of interviews, they said that they were going to mix up the set list and things, but the fact that it every night it opened and it's it, it's such an opening song. Yeah, <laughs> when you oh, hear it back. Um, yeah, I yeah, and on the demo that we did of it, um, so much of it's the same. And what that's what I think is really cool. Mm -hmm. And but what I remember like having this aha moment, like yes, yes, kind of fist pumping moment um, when we first sat down and heard, like listened through it, um, which was when it was released. Like we didn't hear it until it was released, and we had been living with this demo, you know, for a couple years and at the end of it where it's like a, a really, a big build up, awesome outro. Um, and the demo was just like tracked like MIDI drums and it was like not huge. It was like, you had to kind of, you could envision it, but it was not in the recording. Yeah. And I just remember hearing like, and feeling for the first time, a, like a drummer, the drummer Hubert, is awesome. He yeah. came like actually laying in and it just sounded so massive. And it was like this finally, like, oh my gosh, this moment where it was explosive and powerful and you could really finally sink your teeth mm -hmm. into, into it. And it was amazing. Yeah. I can imagine. I'm excited to to see it live and like sing along to it. Cause it has that as well. You just kind of want to like, you want to get into it and, I mean, they're amazing live anyhow, but I, I think this, this record for them is one for the, one for the books with when it comes to touring. Um, so very yeah, lucky great. to, yeah. Another, do you have another favorite song off that record? Cause I have, I have one that I really, really like. Of too. Nightfall. Which uh, of, of Nightfall? Yes, yes. Um, alongside Next to You, cause I do love it. Um, my second favorite is Questions. Yeah, that's a really good one. Yeah, that's I think, one. and the daughters as well. But it just I, if I keep going on, I'll say every song. <laughs> um, I know. I I personally I feel like it is one of those records where it's like if depending on the time of day, I'll give you a different answer. For yeah, my favorite definitely. Because like this morning felt like such a bluebird morning, mm -hmm. you know, and just like just makes you feel yeah really good. <laughs> there's um is there is there another song on the record like we just talk i mean i honestly could talk about little big town all day um that you you kind of heard and you thought oh, i wish i'd written that trouble with forever for sure mm -hmm. um yeah. yeah that one really cuts deep um mm -hmm. i'm always gonna like fall for the just the heart melting mm -hmm. moments on a record and to me like 
it's I'm never usually picking the one that's like going to radio or anything like I just I just like the ones that really make me kind of sit back and like really listen mm -hmm. as opposed to just like driving around and you know look yeah. I mean that's a different feeling you know mm -hmm. it's a different purpose I have I have a lot of respect for things that you can just put on the radio and just like go but mm -hmm. I, I also when I'm just sitting down to listen to a record like you know um Simon and Garfunkel just listening to like their greatest hits record and just listening to Bridge Over Troubled Water like that that song will always like no matter where I am in the house I'll just like have a moment where I'll sit and I'll be like god that song is amazing mm -hmm. you know <laughs> And yeah. I think that song, Trouble With Forever, does the same thing to me. Mm -hmm. That is it's a heartbreaker, that one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I find with that song, I think of someone different every time I hear it, which I don't mm -hmm. know if, so like, I'll think of, you know, some someone that's passed away or someone that's gotten divorced or like two people that were, like, it just, and that's what I, I just, it's a, it's a song. <laughs> There. yeah and that's there's a lot of power behind it mm, definitely um so we are going to have another song from you if that's okay um but first i'm going to ask you three three questions which i ask everyone um so my first question i kind of just asked you this but in a, a smaller way um but three songs any songs that you wish you'd written Oh my gosh. So that's loaded. That is so loaded. Um, and the answers are endless. I know. It's really true. I think Heart of Gold by Neil Young. I just, that song, I think that song has like just this like it takes me to like a campfire but it also can take me to a bar and I can mm -hmm. like listen to I just I feel like it's it's such a companion song like <laughs> a life companion <laughs> song yeah it also makes me feel like super nostalgic too which is so interesting like I feel like rarely do songs do all of that um let's see I think You Can Close Your Eyes by James Taylor. That song is, if you haven't heard it, like one of the most magical songs ever. And it feels, it's like, I don't know, it's like this kindred spirit song that has, again is like a life companion. Maybe that's like the theme. It's just like something that you can listen to like every, every 10 years and it, just carries more and more with it over time. Because mm -hmm. um, I feel like the first time I heard that song, I was just like, yeah, I'm just gonna learn this song. But then like, you know, 20 years later, here I am and now I'm like, I think of all these really beautiful moments with it that um, have been painful, but also beautiful. And then I would have to say, God Only Knows by the Beach Boys and Brian Wilson, I should say, um, that song, destroys me and it's like the most beautiful it's 
so creative. It's so beautiful. It's like the round at the end. I could listen to that. Like, it's like something I just never get tired of. Mm-hmm. Um, the harmony is genius and so thoughtful and like so complex and yet it's just the melody is so simple. I don't know. I just love it. It's amazing. Yeah. They are yeah. good choices. And they're all very different, which I love. Then there's not <laughs> um right. Um my second question is uh if you could never write a song again or never sing on stage again, which one would you pick? I think sing on stage because I think I just am like, I, I'm the most lit up when I, and it sounds so dumb, but if like I go back to like being that little girl on the playground with her notebook, there was, it's like this really, really profound joy that I only get from cracking a song. And I, I feel yeah. like that is the most like, magical thing that I experience and it feels it just feels like so personal and so deeply mine and also like I don't know it's just, and it's so weird because it's mostly always just like me or maybe two other people in a room and it's like mm-hmm. the happiest thing it's like euphoric to feel that yeah <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure most people get can also have that experience on stage but for me it's yeah like, yeah, well, everyone I've spoken to so far has said, like, they'd have to still write, not sing on stage, so yeah. um, I'm with you there. <laughs> um, and then talking of songwriters, uh, three people who you haven't written with, but you'd love to. Ooh, I definitely think Laurie McKenna, for sure. Yeah. Um, Laura Veltz, I believe her name is. Yeah. I haven't pronounced it. Always just seen it and treasured all of her writing as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Steph Jones. Steph Jones nice. would be another. She's like, I would say we're like of the same generation. So it'd be really cool to write with somebody who's in that space. And Julia Michaels. I, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. She's the queen of songwriting at the moment. Like the last few years. Um, yeah. It's funny you say Laurie McKenna though, because funnily enough, talking of trouble with Forever, um, in the clip that Little Big Town uploaded a couple of weeks ago, of their like fireside chat, they talk about trouble with Forever, and they say Laurie McKenna heard it and was like, "Damn, why didn't I think of that?" <laughs> so it's interesting that like that's your favourite song as well. We can make it happen. Little Big Town know her. There you go. There's your in. <laughs> She's awesome. She's so awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah another person who I could talk about all day <laughs> I know. Is, um, yeah all of them are amazing amazing though um so we have to unfortunately come to the end of our chat which is such a shame because I really seriously could stay here and speak for ages. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I just want to say I know you're gonna gonna sing us out um but thank you so so much for being a part of it and it's been great and hope you guys stay safe and take care and hopefully we'll be back to back to normal soon. <laughs>
yeah, I mean, we just have to keep on keeping on. And um, I'm really grateful for you to just, you know, find me and for us to have this chat. So wonderful. And I really just, I wish you nothing but the best. And I'm just like, I'm, I'm grateful that people like you are just seizing this moment to sort of create a platform for other people to share their voices. And I think that that's just, you know, one of the silver linings of this time. So thank you. Oh, thank you very much. It's very kind of you. Right, I will pop you on full screen to sing us out, um, if that's okay with you. <sighs> okay. Well, I was kind of in a mood. Now I'm like questioning whether or not I should put this. We're in such a good place, but this song is like not that, but whatever. <laughs> I wrote this song like a couple of weeks ago with this writer in LA um, over Zoom. So this is like a quarant another quarantine ditty. Um, <laughs> and it's called This Is Good. So and I'm pulling up the lyrics because I don't know it very well yet. <laughs> Lying to others is a sin. Is lying to yourself another means to an Cause I keep trying to hold on to this. Turning my cheek every time you hurt me, I throw out all red flags but they'll find ways to come back i'm not ready to give you up cause once i say there's no going back can't hold on to the love that we had i'll stay a little longer still let's keep on dancing keep playing pretend cause i'm not ready to let go yet even though I should keep saying this is good, keep saying this is good. You're close enough to touch me, but you don't. And I'd rather stay in bed with you than fall asleep alone. But this old house would feel so empty with you gone. You're the last thing I need to go wrong. So I throw out all the red flags, but they'll find ways to come back. I'm not ready to give you up. Cause once I say it's no going back, I can't hold on to the love that we had all stay a little longer still. Let's keep on dancing, keep playing pretend, cause I'm not ready to let go yet, even though I should keep saying this is good. Yeah. 
Cause once we say there's no going back We can't hold on to the love that we had to say Keep saying this is good. Keep saying this is good.